0: I just feel to share this with you about the the timing of that. Sometimes we feel like it takes forever and it's never going to happen. And and we've been going almost 2 years we hadn't had a single you know new convert born again and and then all of a sudden you know we met somebody she was a, a referral from somebody else in the church and she'd been talking to a husband and and she wanted to get baptized but she wanted to get baptized at the at the the dam on their property, and and so we said, yeah, sure, we can do that. So after Sunday morning service, she she said, can you do a, a Bible study on baptism? And she brought her family around. So so after two years of nothing, we we did a five minute Bible study, and we baptized three people in in their in their farm property dam. And so you just give God the glory for those moments, and, and give God the glory for for those times because. Because that's not you. That's that's just the Lord working it all together for good.
1: Welcome to the Hacker Podcast. We have myself, Stefan, and Greg. I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, Greg,
0: what do we have on for today's podcast?
1: Well, today we are blessed to have a good friend of mine, Cameron Butcher. He is the pastor of United Pentecostal Church. Ballarat, he's also one of our national presbyters here in Australia, and it um, was so grateful that he would set aside his time to join us today. The Butchers were actually home missionaries to Ballarat for a number of years, and they have a wealth of experience. I was grateful to sit down with him and have a chat. He's he's one of my favorite humans, and I know you all will enjoy this conversation with uh, Brother Cameron Butcher. Yeah, yeah. And before we get into that, though, we have a five star review out of the United States. It goes, highly recommend, great podcasts, timely episodes of practical content. I highly recommend the Hacker Podcast for people striving to reach their greatest potential. Uh, we just want to say thank you for that kind review. And Yeah, it's yeah. so kind of you all to take the time to leave those review, and, and we're grateful for every single one of them that you guys leave, especially the five-star ones. We're yet to not get a five-star, so that's great. Yeah, that's but crazy. now that I've said that, someone will... <laughs> A friend of mine will go in there and make sure that that that, uh, doesn't happen anymore. But (laughs) (laughs) We want to encourage you all along with leaving the reviews to share the podcast with a friend. And, uh, you know, if you do share it on social media, take a screenshot of it and make sure to tag us in there, tag tag the Hacker Podcast in there. You might even want to tag Stefan, myself in there as well. We'd love to see it and we'll share it around as well. So people know that there are good things happening over here on the podcast yeah well now we've taken care of all of that and uh how good was the intro today that's that's awesome but (laughs) today we have uh cameron butcher on the show so let's get to that conversation welcome to the podcast thank you for joining us today
0: Thank you very much sir it's wonderful to be with you and uh, and your uh, listeners your watchers your viewers thank you for this uh, opportunity um, yeah it's outside of my comfort zone but you know, <laughs> as we were talking a moment ago it's it's I'm very grateful for the invitation it's it's humbling to be with you thank you
1: well I've been looking forward to this conversation for a number of months now we we sort of uh, we tried to organize this and then I was waiting on you, you were waiting on me, and we had our wires crossed, but we finally were able to to get this together. And I'm grateful you set aside your time to join us today and for uh, addressing the viewers, because we've just started having viewers the last couple of weeks. So uh, really cool. We're really excited about that and, and what God's going to do with the, the video aspect of the podcast. But Amen. Uh, I'm not sure if you've listened to many of the episodes, but we like to start off these conversations by getting to know the guests a little bit. So a lot of the listeners would know you because pr- predominantly more than 50% of our listeners are out of Australia, but there may be people that that, that don't know you. So if you wouldn't mind uh, sharing with the listeners a bit about your background, where you come from, that sort of thing. Thank you, bro.
0: Sure. Happy to. Thanks brother that. G'day everyone. My name's Cameron. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I grew up in in a place in uh, regional North Queensland, a place called Townsville, and um, Townsville was a was a country town. It was a, it was a larger country town, larger regional area, and it was a long way from the bright lights and the big smoke and that sort of things. So. <laughs> I remember when uh, McDonald's arrived in town when we were, uh, you know, late teens, I guess, by then. And that was an event, Brother Greg, you would have seen that. Wow. <laughs> People queued. I think they set uh, records across the state for uh, for attendance and money that they poured into that place because it was, you know, it was an event. So prior wow. to that, um, you know, we, we'd we have to wait until we went to Sydney and visited friends and family to, to have an outing to McDonald's and that sort of stuff. So... So yeah, that was my background. It was, it was, and still is a pretty relaxed place to, to live and grow up. And um, yeah, as I said, it, it wasn't quite the bush, but it was pretty close. So I was uh, uh, I was a shy kid from the bush, almost. You know, and there's a there's a lot of that that's still inside of me today. But uh, yeah, it's, it's great to be with you uh, here. But you know, we had a. It was my normal, I suppose, but when I look mm. around the world now, I, I see what a blessed life and upbringing uh, that we did have. Um, we yeah. had friends and family in and around that North Queensland and Far North Queensland, and um, every every year in the June July school holidays, my father's extended family would gather together on a place called Mag- Magnetic Island, and you know the. The biggest decision of the day was what we'd have to eat and, and where we'd go and and that sort of thing. So the kids would kids would play, we'd swim, we'd climb the rocks and all of that sort of stuff. And the adults would, would organize food. So um, yeah, it was a it was a great experience, and, uh, yeah. and we formed some really uh, strong bonds through through those times. And I guess I was probably a fairly fairly typical kid you know summer was cricket season winter was mm. soccer season my my mother wouldn't let me play football that was that was yeah that it's was her too dangerous one, I suppose yeah that's right didn't <laughs> a precious little baby to get hurt <laughs> <laughs> but, you know we'd go fishing with my grandparents and um and, and living in North Queensland we we actually our family didn't have a boat but my my father had a work colleague who had a boat and they'd often go diving and sometimes we kids would get to come along and go snorkeling and, and it didn't happen very often but they were they were pretty special memories and some pretty special times there
1: yeah that's awesome so uh, how did you find your way to Pentecost because you didn't grow up in church right
0: that's right yeah I was I was very loosely Anglican, I suppose. My parents yeah. would take us to church once or twice a year, and and that was about it. We did midnight mass once or twice, and and that sort of thing. But uh, church wasn't a part of a health lifestyle. It wasn't a part of uh, what we did, even though my my parents they were both school teachers, and they both yeah. um, taught for Anglican schools and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, I. I, I wasn't a spiritual person as a, as a young person. I was, you know, living life that was there, and, and God was sort of an afterthought. Mm. But I'm the product of a, of a praying art. My, my aunt and uncle—they uh, they lived uh, literally around the corner, uh, probably inside 500 meters away from where, where we grew up, and, and we were always close. Uh, you know, my cousin—he remains a, an inspiration and a, and a great friend to me today. You know him, and yes. Uh, And yeah, we uh, we grew up together, and uh, and so I'm I'm the product of a of a praying aunt and an incredible seven word evangelistic spiel. I like to say my my cousin had just come back from a youth camp, and uh, we were talking one night. We'd often sleep over each other's houses, and that was sort of the the kicker. You know, for me to sleep over his place on Saturday night, he'd say, "Oh, Mum, can Cameron sleep over?" uh, he'll come to church on sunday and so that was the that was the <laughs> that was the carrot uh, for that one but yeah we were we were there one evening and he just come back from a youth camp and he was telling me all about it and uh and basically the the seven word evangelistic bill was you can come if you want to and just mm. as we were talking obviously god just quickened that to my heart because you know this was mid teens i suppose by that stage and you know you're, you're quote unquote popular at school and sport and that sort of stuff, but yeah, but yeah, there was a there was a loneliness, there was a longing in my soul that that wasn't filled through through those other things. And and just as we were talking that night, I, I realized that that's what I want in my life. That's that's what I'm looking for, uh, that relationship with God. You know, I'd gone to a Uniting Church from time to time, and that was memorable because one week I'd beat a guy up and next week he beat me up and that was about <laughs> all I remember from Uniting uh, Sunday School but uh, yeah God was obviously good and he was planting a, a bit of a seed in in those mm. moments and and over time that that came to fruition and so yeah then we'd start to come along to church uh, more regularly and uh and, and I'm so uh, proud is the wrong word but I'm so thrilled that uh I received the Holy Ghost in just an ordinary Sunday night service. It wasn't a camp or a conference or a, or a big name evangelist coming through, and all of those things are great. But but I I'm, I feel that I'm blessed because God mm. filled me with the, the Holy Ghost, and and I don't have a great memory, but I'll I'll never forget that night and, and that time. Uh, wow. So yeah, I think I was well. I was certainly pre eighteen. I might have been sixteen, seventeen by that stage, and. And so I went home and I, I told my dad that I wanted to get baptized in, in Jesus' name. But as I said, we were loosely Anglican. So he told me that I'd been baptized, you know, when I was christened as a baby. And of course, I had no recollection of that and no uh, no no say in the matter at the time. So it was, you know, pretty easy for me to see what the scriptures said. And and that was a challenging time actually for my pastor because he, he wanted to baptize me in Jesus' name, of course, but he also wanted to respect the wishes of my parents. So, yeah. so talking to him after that, he said he was pretty nervous during during those times. But, but yeah, later on, I, you know, I turned 18 and I was baptized about 10 days after I turned 18 because I I went back to my father and I said, you know, Dad, this is, this is what I want to do now now that I've, I've reached this age. Um, I, I want to be right with God. I, I want to get to a place where I'm right with God. And I guess the, the real, one of the real, uh, I wasn't planning on on sharing this with you, bro, but uh, maybe it'll help uh, some of your viewers or your listeners. But um, at one stage, we were going to a youth camp and uh, it was going to be my first one. And I didn't know what to expect. I I wasn't going seeking seeking a, a, a thus saith the Lord moment, but I was just looking for fun and and that excitement yeah. and uh, and yeah, we, we caught a bus and we were traveling by bus down to the youth camp and we never made it because uh, yeah, unfortunately that bus got intercepted by a, a train and there was a big accident oh. and uh, and yeah, we never made it to youth camp that year. I think there was eleven of us from memory on that uh, on that bus and by the, the hand of God and the grace of God, he, he kept all of us alive. Uh, a number of folk were uh, terribly injured um, and a number of other passengers did die on that that incident. But uh, yeah, that has a way of capturing your attention. And, uh, and so I'm grateful that the Lord uh, kept his hand upon all of us uh, through that time.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah, there's so much to unpack there from what you just shared. I love the the seven word invitation that that you mm-hmm. highlighted. Sometimes, you know, we, we try and, we're trying to witness or we're trying to share to our family or friends and, and we try and think of, of a grand way to invite it's, them or what's the best way. And, and it's like, man, if, if you want to come, come. And right. uh, it's amazing how many people will respond to that if you just ask them. Just yeah, to step out, you know,
0: to go along with that. I had a incredible. Uh, we had a testimony just on Wednesday night in our midweek Bible study. One of the ladies, you know, she'd been praying for a, a family and a, you know, an extracurricular uh, setting, and and she was just picking us. Their sons go to that same gathering, and she was picking her son up and got him out in the car, and and she just felt that prompting of the Lord to to go back in and and say, you know. I don't know the right words to say, but uh, you know we want to reach out to you, sort of thing. And so, yeah. so you just gave her a card and with wrote her name on it. We gave her the church card and wrote her name on it and said, "Hey, would you like to catch up?" And and the lady said, "Oh, I've been praying to go for a church. I'll see you on oh, Sunday." Wow. So it's wow. like, as you, exactly as you say, we can we can tie ourselves up in knots sometimes, can't we? When when yeah. sometimes it can be so simple.
1: Mm, yeah, and. Also, uh, the, the comment you made about your parents and respecting your parents and, and mm-hmm. honoring them and, you know, God blessed, God blessed you for that. And he blessed your pastor for that, that, that you honored their wishes. Um, Amen. And you can obviously see that through the miraculous story that you just shared, that God's hand was on your life. And as you were developing, as you're drawing closer to God, you know, you're now a, a minister of the gospel, ordained minister of the gospel. Mm-hmm. One of the board members of the UPCA. When did you first feel that call to ministry beyond just serving in church, but to uh, uh, to become a preacher of the gospel?
0: Sure. Well, well, I'd seen my pastor, and I I knew I never wanted to be a pastor. I I never grew up wanting to be a member of the board. So (laughs) again, you just you know shake your head sometimes and think how amazing God is, but. But he obviously saw something in me that that can be useful in some way. I, I pray, and so so that's my desire to, to be useful in whatever capacity, to to be helpful in whatever capacity. And I think that was probably the the entry point into ministry was showing up and just being available. Um, not yeah. that you're perfect, not that you're great at everything, but but just say, Lord, here I am. And mm. and to to answer your your question, there was no. You know, handwriting in the sky, or or you know, parting of the clouds moment <laughs> for me anyway. But but just that gentle, uh, consistent prompting, and and my joke would be, I felt the call to the ministry right when my pastor told me that uh, <laughs> that it was now. But uh, but uh, you know, God had had been uh, preparing, um, and so you know by this time we'd we'd been going to camps and we'd be going to conferences and. And every time there was an altar call, I was there. Every time it was home missions or overseas missions and, you know, who will go, who will answer the call, who will step in the gap, all of those things. I I just said, Lord, here I am. Um, Use me. And obviously that began a a time of preparation and began a time of growth uh, and to a point where, where there was a time when, when it was, you know, the right time to, to step out. And I do remember another time at a conference where a, a man that I really respected, he was a minister as well. And and it, again, it was not a thus say it the Lord moment, but uh, I remember the words he prayed uh, over me at, at an altar at conference. And, and those things stuck with me, stuck in my mind, stuck in my soul. And so, yeah, I... I met the board for my local license. I had to look this up, bro, but it was January 1995, <laughs> and so I was I was 22 at the time. We, we'd just been married the year prior, uh, so it was two scary things inside of 12 months there. <laughs> but I got my local license when I was about 22 and then, uh, then was blessed to get a general license pretty quickly after that i was 25 when i got my general Mm. license and each each of those occasions was because my my pastor tapped me on the shoulder and and told me to Mm. and i i'm smiling because i remember a time when he came to me after a sunday morning service and he he said to me that there was a couple in the church who'd asked if i would marry them and I made the mistake that I always do. I laughed. I laughed at him when he said that. <laughs> I was like, oh, as soon as you're laughing, I was like, he's serious. He, he means that. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh dear. But, uh, I said I can't. You know, I'm not a licensed celebrant. And he said, oh, that's okay. That's just paperwork. We can we can take care of that. And so, so yeah, pretty much that week he put uh, put wheels in motion and and off we went. And, and yeah, that was that was the first uh, wedding I'd ever performed and. Oh. Incredible, incredible. But I I certainly didn't go looking for that sort of uh mm. door and I didn't go looking for that opportunity, but I, I did serve a wonderful under a wonderful pastor and uh and I'm thankful for the influence yeah. that he had on my life and he continues to have on my life because of some of the uh the foundations that he built and the seeds that he planted in, in, in all of our lives as yeah. as we grew up in yeah. that church.
1: And, and for those who, who don't know, the pastor that that uh, Brother Butch is referring to is uh, the wonderful Brother Dennis Jacobson, who passed away uh, a few years ago now, yeah. but he was a, a great leader within the Apostolic Church here in Australia, um, developed a, a lot of ministries that are having uh, regional and global impacts to this day, and just... just a wonderful man of God. Amen. And, uh, you've already mentioned it a little bit, but if you wouldn't mind ex- expanding a little bit on uh, what it was like being led by someone like him, who was, uh, you know, in many respects similar to like an apostle who was constantly looking for doors to be open yeah. ways that the gospel could be preached in different areas.
0: That's a, that's a really good point you make. He, he absolutely was. Um, he was always looking for doors, and there are and there are so many churches today that um, uh, that exist because of his vision and because of mm. his desire to go and to and to send men and women and to grow and and build men and women. So, you know, I I don't know where to begin. I suppose he was he was my father in the Lord. I admired him. I respected him. Now, we didn't always see eye to eye, but that's that's natural and that's normal but but yeah, I, I absolutely honor uh, and esteem uh, him and, and sister Jacobson and the you know what they did and what they they birthed in me, I suppose um, was absolutely incredible. you know he, he wasn't perfect, of course, and I don't say that to to bring him down, but I say that to exalt the Lord and and just show what an, what an incredible God we serve you know I remember Brother Jacobson's testimony his, his background he he grew up pretty rough he, he testified that he got kicked out of kindergarten and I I didn't know it was possible to get expelled <laughs> from kindergarten but but he did and and you know when and the time of his testimony he was in the armed services at the time and on his discharge letter I believe uh the the officer discharging him said that his conversion had been so uh complete that even his his uh, image his face had changed such wow. was the power of god in his life and and turning him uh around but but he, and he grew into an incredible scholar of the word he was a debater he was forthright he was happy to go he was he was everything that i wasn't he was just so confident you know he was so confident in the lord so confident in the word and uh, he was a presbyter for many years he was overseas missions director and and that formed incredible bonds through Papua New Guinea in particular yeah. and Kiribati and, and other regions uh, around Solomon Islands, Islands I believe, as Island. as well. absolutely um and it was uh it was actually my first overseas trip I was traveling with Brother Jacobson we went to Papua New Guinea for a for a Billy Cole revival over wow. Easter. And, um, yeah, and another time we went to Manila in the Philippines and that was for, a, you know, one of their anniversary celebrations and, and some incredible uh, times and incredible memories mm-hmm. from those trips. We, we were also planning on going on one of those Ethiopia Crusades one time, but the, the budget didn't quite stretch that far. <laughs> <so> <laughs> we never made uh, that trip, but... Um, but you know that was that was all the big big name trips. But we'd also make smaller trips, you know, to mm. Cairns every week. And 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 I was reflecting on that just before today. And and now there's three churches up in Cairns, and and that's incredible because when we when we grew up in the church in Townsville, the nearest uh, UPC church was Brisbane, which was thirteen hundred k's away. So to oh, see wow. what's happening now is is incredible. And and a lot of that credit goes to to brother Jacobson and his mm. vision and his desire to reach souls and his desire to, to, to raise up, uh, ministry. And, and as you, as you touched on that, um, that legacy that lives to this day is, is just mm. incredible. And, uh, I remember one time we had these nights that he'd call ministerial preparation and, and they were everything from, you know, hold the microphone properly to you know, <laughs> this, is, this is how to preach and all of that sort of stuff. So it was very practical. But I remember one night it was it was probably just as we were about to close in prayer. And, and this was a great group of people. There's quite a bunch of us there and all of them had been handpicked by Brother Jacobson to be in that ministerial preparation. You didn't just sign up for a class. It was you, mm. you tapped on the shoulder to be there and i remember one night in particular he said that uh, statistically some of you were backslide and and that just rocked me to my core because you know these these people were were gifted i looked around and i said well it's got to be me because i'm i'm the dummy in the room you know <laughs> i looked around and and these guys were talented they could preach god god had his hand upon upon each of them and so when he said that it really it really rocked me and 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 true enough, some of them over over the years, sadly, did um, turn away and go into false doctrine and that sort of thing. But as you mentioned, others others became pastors and home missionaries and overseas missionaries and executive board members and and all sorts of uh, all sorts of things. But wonderful, wonderful Christians because of the the discipline and the um, mm. the love for the Word that that he instilled in us as as young people and as young ministers in particular.
1: Yeah, he was, I believe he was also the Bible school president. I know when right. I first yeah. came to Australia, he was for yes. a number of years. Correct. The Bible school president. I mean, just just a wonderful man of God and mm-hmm. and um, just driven, you know, driven. That's a good
0: word. That's yeah. a good word. Yes, he was. And, and uh, you were left because of that drive, there, mm-hmm. you were... You weren't guessing what Brother Jacobson's opinion was on a topic.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. He'd often, you know, and because he became such a great scholar of the Word, he'd he'd be reading and he'd he'd be happy to engage you in a conversation. That, you know, he'd just throw something out there, and as a young as a young man, it's like I had nothing to offer in in response in return. Mm. But yeah. but he'd come up with some deep theological uh, musing, and and you just. You, I, I'd, I'd literally sit there with my mouth open because <laughs> I'm just in awe of, of, of the richness of, of what he'd yeah. bring. Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't have anything to add to the conversation, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, my first time preaching at the church up in Townsville, and knowing who he was. I didn't at that stage. I didn't know uh, completely, you know, who mm. he was. I, I'd only known this and that. And just being terrified, you know, having to, to preach with him behind me. One of the one of the best compliments I ever received was at the end of that message, we were walking out to the car to go to lunch and, and he highlighted something that I had mentioned and he's like, that, that was great. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Brother Jacobson said <laughs> I added value. <laughs> Do you diary? No. That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's encouraging. and. And,
0: and for all his, his straight shooting, because there was a lot of straight shooting, but, but he was
1: a great encourager. Mm. Right. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So off the back of that, um, mm. as a leader within the church, a pastor, um, what advice would you give a young person who is feeling the call to ministry? Who's wanting to take that next step? What, what is some advice that, that you would share with them?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, as a young person, they won't like it, but that's just because of our human nature, I think. But I would say to be patient because yes. God God will make room for you. Um, sometimes you see people, especially if you've grown up together, some people stepping out before you or, you know, your timing doesn't always align. Uh, yes. So I would say to young people that are called to the ministry, be patient because God will make room for you. Um one of the things I didn't say about Brother Jacobson was even though he was, you know, driven and he wanted to see churches established and and my wife and I, we had a a call on our lives and we we weren't saying we were perfect. We weren't saying we were the right ones. But but I think there was about five times, five, maybe even six times we went to him um, to say, because there were churches and there's churches in those places today. But there were contacts in those places. And we was, we went to Brother Jacobson and said, Here we are, use us. Mm. And we prayed about it and we we knew that God had called us into the ministry. We knew that God was calling us for a work and we were we were itching to do something for the kingdom. We were itching to to get out there and see souls saved, I suppose. But those five or six times he he said to me, You're not ready and mm. and we i took that pretty hard at the time we didn't say anything to anybody of course but we we went home and we we were upset we were disappointed yeah. because we felt we were ready we felt we were called we felt that we had something to offer but he said you're not ready and so and that was over over a journey that was over a period of time mm. and and looking back on that now when you know when we finally did step out you know not once but again for then home missions eventually but but I look back at those times and I think how right he was mm. you know we would have been chewed up and spat out a hundred times over um so yeah the fact that god is calling you that is a beautiful and it's a precious thing but that doesn't mean it's necessarily in the next 5 minutes there's there's a growth mm. process there's a journey uh, that we're all on and um, yeah. but but sometimes the doors open sooner than we expect as well. Um, but yeah, that was certainly a challenge for us in in that time. But um, yeah, so I, I I'd summarize that by saying be patient. God God will absolutely make room for you, and He'll open the right door at the right time. And and something I've learnt over the journey is that I, I thank God not only for the doors that He's opened, but I thank Him for some of those doors that He's closed as well. Yeah. Um, and that may not that may not be immediately obvious, and some of those things we mm. may not see this side of glory. But but I'm thankful for for those doors he's open and those doors he's closed.
1: Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, especially for young people to yeah. to be patient and allow the process to take place. And, and obviously, there is an urgency. You know, we want to yeah. we want to reach the world. True. But in the midst of that, I, I like that dichotomy that you just shared there with with Brother Jacobson. You know. We just talked about the last five ten minutes about how driven he was yeah. and how he's he's trying to get these churches planted and sending out ministers constantly sending out ministers. Right. But then at the same time, he wants to make sure that that you are ready and yeah, it's a, it's the same with each of us. As you said, you might be able to develop and and you might be someone who you know goes through the process really quick, and then there might be other people that that need that longer development process, but you know, that that's up to the potter and, and that's up to yeah. your elders as well. So yes. yeah, that, that's, that's wonderful advice.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, when I first met you, I, I believe you're still in Brisbane. Okay. Um, I think you're still, I think you're maybe, were you assistant pastor there?
0: We, we didn't have those titles, but yes, we were certainly uh, assisting in the ministry. Assisting and, the uh, pastor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, I think we we joined brother and sister Morris in the in the youth leadership about five minutes after we arrived in Brisbane as well. So, <laughs> so yeah, we were absolutely uh, busy in the church in in pretty much every aspect that that was available, from warming up the baptistry to to whatever whatever it happened to be,
1: whatever is required. Yeah, <laughs> and and then ultimately um, God would call you to pastor the church in Ballarat in Victoria. Right. Um, I want to talk to you about this because many people struggle with leaving a comfortable situation in yeah. order to follow, you know, where the Lord is leading them in. And that church in Brisbane was a growing church. Right. Um, you just mentioned brother Morris, who, who is a now a board member and passes a church, uh, in New South Wales. And, and the, the pastor of that church was the, the home missions director. And right. so, you know, you're attending a wonderful church that had good leadership mm. and, uh, and yet, you weren't satisfied with that. you when you felt the call, you responded to the call. Um, so what would you say to someone who is, is feeling, uh, that tug, but they're struggling with stepping up because you're stepping out from uh, a, a wonderful church in Brisbane, a big city to, uh, a more, a smaller city, a, a target city, I guess at that time, sort of, or may, I think you were taking over a church maybe, but in, in Ballarat, Victoria.
0: Yeah, that's, that's right. Yes, you're right. Um, Home missions at the time had had target cities, and I think there were ten target cities. And uh, each time a pastor would uh, get sent to one of those uh, cities, they'd they'd come off the list, and another another one would replace it. But yeah, Ballarat was was one of those places, and I guess we'd just been we'd been praying about it, and and as I mentioned before, feeling that tug, feeling that pull. That the Lord would draw us and and bring us um, to mm. to an open door, whatever that open door happened to be, um, and for us that that was Ballarat, and and we'd prayed about it, and and our pastor had gone away to conference one year, and and we'd stayed back to look after the the local church, and he came back from conference, and and I approached him after the service one morning and said, hey, we've, I was just wondering if I could book some time with you, so that was. You know, mid to late January, I suppose, and I thought, oh, maybe if I could get some time in front of him, March or April, that'd be great. And and he said, oh, how about now? <laughs> so uh, oh. this is, I suppose, the point that I was making that sometimes you think it's a it's a forever plan, and other times God's timing is is sooner than than you expect. Mm. So so yeah, we just began to speak, and I said to him, you know, we've been praying about Ballarat, and and he said to me, well, I've been praying about you going to Ballarat as well. So. So yeah, basically, from that moment, the, the wheels began to be, to be set in motion. And so I suppose if I'm sharing that, regardless of location, if I say that to a young person who is feeling that tug and, and stepping out from the known to the unknown, stepping out from a big and growing church to, a, to, a, um, to an unknown, then, then God will make the way. I, I can share testimonies. We probably don't have time, but I could share so many things of door after door that God opened up for us. And, and really it comes back to, to that call. Is there not a cause? Is there not an opportunity uh, for us to, to step out and to to make a difference in not just the lives, but the eternity of some people? And so you know it's great to be serving God where you are, and and you can't wait to go somewhere to start serving God. If you're not serving God where you are, then those doors just won't open. But,
1: Amen, yeah. but yeah,
0: it was um, it was a challenge, and it was it was exciting. Um, but it was certainly stepping out into into the great unknown when we left uh, a large church to to go to a a very uh, a very small working in Regional Victoria.
1: What was the most difficult aspect of being a home missionary?
0: Uh, there were lots of challenges. Lots of challenges. Um, you know, speaking about moving from the big church to the small church, there was there was no choir. There was there was no ministry team. There was uh, there was mm-hmm. no worship team. Um, you know, I'm blessed. My my wife is is very gifted musician, and, and um, she's she's incredible. But um, we miss those things, and uh, and we we uh, we stepped out with three kids and a dog, uh, no jobs to go to, no no house to live in. Um, yeah, not knowing what to expect, not knowing what God had in store. But but you know god opened door after door after door and and none of that would have happened had we not stepped out but but it was challenging and 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 there were dark times as well and and i suppose that's true of all ministry but that's when you you can rely on others in the church in particular you you have a, an incredible family of god but and and that took me a long time to realize that um but it's also about that call. God's God's placed that call on your soul. God's placed that call in your life, and and that's something that absolutely sustains during during those dark uh, those dark times and those challenging times. But I think also that that helps us to be able to relate to to others who are either considering that step or or who've just taken that step. That we can get around them and and. We've shared some of those experiences along life's journey.
1: Yeah, and, and the, the call is so important in and, and responding to it. Uh, we just recently had Brother Wicket on, and he was pastoring a church in Canada, and, and God called him to be a missionary into the Pacific in Fiji and mm. Solomon Islands. And mm. and he related that sort of to um, the story of Abraham and how if Abraham didn't respond to the call of God in his life or the direction in his life, then there wouldn't have been a fresh word. There wouldn't have been a fresh direction Amen. in how, you know, if he wouldn't have res- responded to it, imagine the regret he might have lived with knowing that he was outside of God's will or, or not following mm. the call the way he knows, you know, when, when, when you get that call, when, when you get that uh, direction, that door that opens, as you're talking about when you went to Ballarat, it's, you know, you, you have that meeting with your pastor and you say, oh, we're praying about it. And he goes, yes, I'm praying as well. You can't deny that. You know, you can't say all no. oh, you know, that no. we just made that up now that's from God. And True. so I think that that really can help you. That can really can uh, be that sustaining force for you. you
0: know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Agree with all of that. Yes.
1: And so we talked about the diff- difficult aspect of it. And many times when we're talking about home missions uh, or, or starting a church, planning a church, we tend to talk and 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 major on the the difficult aspects of it you know mm. it's so hard, it's so difficult and and of course it is um but there's also rewarding moments you know yeah. there's there's those celebrations, so would you mind sharing with us you know some rewarding moments from taking that step and and sure. and planning or not planting but taking over the church there in Ballarat
0: yeah sure sure um you're right, let's. And and really, you'd you'd have to journal them to to diarise all of them because <laughs> God just opened door after door after door again. What you know, and maybe uh, maybe I'll share this for some of you, maybe younger listeners who are maybe capital city based and they think, oh, I'll never get a job that'll pay anywhere near it, and I'll have to take a big, you know, reduction in salary if I can even get a uh, a job. And and that may be that may be true, but. But God is no man's debtor, and He will He will mm. open doors, and He will provide. Um, as I said, we we didn't we'd never you know we didn't have a rental reference. We didn't have anything when we came here, and, and uh, you know we went to agencies around town and said, "Here we are. We're husband and wife, and three kids and a dog, and and we'd like to rent a house, please." <laughs> and, uh, and they said, you just never would. And they showed us some places and, and we said, yeah, no, that's not the right one for us. And and they said, you're mad. You, you won't get a choice of, of location. But but God opened doors and and uh, so many, you know, my elder daughter, she had her best year at school ever. They, the kids just settled in really well. Um, God blessed us with accommodation. He blessed me with a, a job. And, and. Again, I was, I was happy to take a significant pay cut moving to the regions, but God opened a door where I actually got a job 10 minutes from home. Um, it was more money than I'd been on in Brisbane. Wow. Uh, it came with a, came with a motor vehicle. Uh, I'd never had a work car before. this one I didn't have to pay a single cent for and God just opened wow. door after door after door. You know that the house we got our our fridge fitted in the fridge slot with one centimetre spare either side you you could go on and on but but God opened those doors that just never would have happened, and we wouldn't have had those testimonies to 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 bless him with and to encourage others with mm. had we had we not stepped out so there's those testimonies of open doors there's those testimonies of god's provision absolutely amazing um but of course the absolutely most rewarding is is baptizing your first local convert um and that took a lot longer than we expected it would take but but baptizing them praying them through to the holy ghost that's absolutely that's that's an eternal reward because you know that that wouldn't have happened except for all of those that had gone before, you know, every prayer that had gone before, every witnessing opportunity that had gone before, everyone that had, you know, gone out and blazed a trail before you. Uh, you're just riding on their coattails, as it were, but but you still had a part to play in that. And, and, and again, maybe I'll share that because... I, I just feel to share this with you about the the timing of that. Sometimes we feel like it takes forever and it's never going to happen. And and we've been going almost two years. We hadn't had a single you know new convert, born again. And and then all of a sudden, you know, we met somebody. She was a, a referral from somebody else in the church, and she'd been talking to her husband, and and she wanted to get baptized, but she wanted to get baptized at the at the the dam on their property and and so we said yeah sure we can do that so after sunday morning service she she said can you do a a bible study on baptism and she brought her family around so so after two years of nothing we we did a five minute bible study and we baptized three people in in their in their farm property dam and so you, you just give god the glory for those moments and and give god the glory for for those times because because that's not you. That's that's just the Lord working it all together for good, and and bringing it to pass. So so those are absolutely some of the most incredibly rewarding times. And and God's put us in a beautiful place. We we love the area that we're in. Um, just now we're in late autumn, and we didn't have autumn season where I grew up <laughs> so to see the you know the changes of the seasons. It's yeah, to to this day and ten years on, it still uh, excites me.
1: It's a little bit colder where where you're at now than than where you grew up.
0: <laughs> just a bit. Just a bit. That's
1: true. <laughs> but we love uh, it. I mm. That's as beautiful. Thank you for for sharing those with us and and like you said, you know, um yes, obviously we're the product of everyone that's gone before us, the prayers, the the sacrifices and so on and so forth. Amen. But without without you going, without that individual taking that step to go to an unreached city, you know, without for the boat coming to Australia taking that step. Right. Um, yeah, God might accomplish it another way, but you know, we should still honor and and celebrate those who were willing to take the step so that the gospel could be preached in mm-hmm. in an area where it's not, you know. Um, yeah. I just think yeah. of that passage that uh I forget what scripture is. I think it, it, might be in, oh, it might be in Romans, I think it is, where Paul talks about um you know, he desired to preach the gospel where it had not yet been preached you know he was driven by that yes. he could have gone to jerusalem he could have gone to different right. areas where the gospel had already been preached but he was driven to to go where it had not yet been and without people willing to do that yeah. you know the church won't grow uh mm-hmm. it might grow in the local cities but but it's not gonna grow you know the way that god would want it to grow
0: absolutely true absolutely true. Well, we see that in, so in we see that in Acts, don't we? You know, be witnesses right. in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost part of the earth. It wasn't mm. God's desire to to build the mega church in in Jerusalem, but uh, but to reach the uttermost part,
1: to reach the whole world. Amen. Yeah. So you're one of the national presbyters of the UPCA, so uh, you you're over um, a collection of of churches. And um I wanted to ask you this question. What excites you about the Apostolic Church in Australia in twenty twenty two? We've had a couple of hard years. We haven't really been able to to gather. We have seen growth. We have seen growth um throughout the country. But by hard years I mean, you know, we're not able to to get together and fellowship like we we normally would. Um right. but what excites you about the, the church in
0: twenty twenty two? Yes, amen. A lot, and and maybe maybe I'm excited a lot um, because of what we've been through in the last two years, mm. two and a bit years in particular. So it is great to be emerging from from that uh, experience. But yeah, there's a lot that ex- that excites me, and and I suppose if I just limit it to Australia and the and the Pacific uh, in particular, but you know we've we've touched on it a few times, and I, I honor and I greatly esteem those that have gone before us and um, you know just this last conference time we've had two elder statesmen uh, retire from the board of course my presbyter brother Hogman and he's a man that I've known since my late teens and and I love that family and then of course Bishop Downs after decades of service and, and decades on the board and decades even as, as general superintendent and and you and you feel those changes uh, very very strongly. But but I'm excited about that transition as well as um, as new people come onto the board and uh, you know 500 people at the recent national youth congress that that excites me. That's something we've never yeah. seen before. Um, seeing those things come to pass, seeing those dreams of old uh, come to fruition. Mm. You know, brother brother Bogue, you mentioned him. I, Uh, I can only imagine that would have been an incredible dream to have 500 young people in the one place. But um, uh, some of those things and and seeing, um, you know, new friendships being formed at that Youth Congress. And and I remember my youth camps and and I have friendships to this day that, that began at a youth camp. And so I'm excited about that. Um, I'm excited about the the national department's maturing and stepping up and, and seeing that growth and and I'm excited about seeing some of these young people come through in particular, not just not just uh, young in age but maybe newer converts coming through and stepping up to to put their shoulder to the wheel and, and accept that mantle because God you know you, you mentioned that the timing is short and so God has a work that needs to be done and so one person, absolutely cannot do that by themselves so to see some of these young people in particular stepping up and and doing their bit you know what what you're doing through this uh you know your, your local ministry and your your national ministry and then then through these sort of um opportunities it's absolutely incredible so so that sort of thing excites me that the gospel is is not just going out but the gospel is being supported uh because yeah. i think that's really encouraging that's as good. well you know that. It's not just a, a great big crusade and then everyone comes and everyone goes, but those disciples are being made and those mm. uh, that support is there. Uh, that absolutely excites me. And the other thing, uh, I suppose, is seeing some of these visions coming to pass. We touched on Brother Jacobson before, but, you know, there's, Three churches in Cairns now. There's a church in Mount Isa. There's church in Bundaberg and Mackay and, and Bowen and and all of these things. As I as I mentioned, you know, the church in Townsville, the nearest church was 1,300 k's away. So to see those gaps being filled in, and there's others that I that I haven't mentioned, but you know, the the churches in Sunraysia and Griffith and uh, and um, Kutumandra and, and Albury and those sort of places, just as the, the gaps around this vast country are being filled in, that, that to me is something so exciting because it just wasn't my experience um, a long time ago. <laughs> mm. But uh, it's a tremendous thing. I, I get really excited by that. And, and of course, our continuing uh, influence of the Australian church around the Pacific in particular and, and that region um, it's, it's global as well, and, uh, and I'm grateful for that. But we see a lot more of it, I suppose, around this Pacific uh, area. But there are mm-hmm. some of the things that, that excite me. But it's not just that a lighthouse is being established, but these new ministers stepping into to, to those locations. And, um, you know, that, that catching the fire and passing that fire on to others, that, in, that inspires me, that inspires others. And, yeah, that, I find that really, really exciting to see what God is doing um, in this country uh, at, at this hour. Amen.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, that's, I'm excited now. I'm ready to go, you know. <laughs> that's awesome. We're blessed to be a part and, of it, aren't
0: we? We're blessed to be a part. Yeah,
1: we are. We're so blessed. And, and you know, uh, these things sort of happen, as you said, over time, and we, we kind of um, – don't really see everything that's happened, but mm. when you when you take that that long view uh, of the historical church area, and you talk about the isolation that you would have felt in Townsville, and now there's multiple churches there, there's multiple churches in Cairns, there's churches mm. all throughout that region now. Uh, that's just yeah, that's awesome, and and we want to see that continue. We want to see correct. that continue here in Australia.
0: Correct, correct, absolutely. When when we well, were in I Brisbane, wanted... Morris and I would talk, and we'd say, you know, Brisbane needs fifty churches. Sydney mm. probably needs 150 churches, and that's not to take away from what God is doing there, but but there's a great opportunity.
1: Amen, there is. I, I like to ask, this is normally the the last question I ask um, uh, on these conversations. I love asking this question, and it kind of gets to you know your your driving force. Uh, you see it's sort of the bare bones of your walk with God in, in your ministry. And I like to ask, what is it that drives you when it comes to ministry, when it comes to serving the Lord and doing all that you do for the kingdom of God, what is that driving force for you?
0: I guess if I were to distill it in just a few words, one would be opportunity. Uh, one would be duty. What, what brother Jacobson instilled in us mm. as, as young people love for the truth, love for the word, love for, love for people, you know, God, God, i love the way god turns people around and and you may have heard this before but a, a very esteemed former minister of the gospel former because he's passed away and he's been promoted to glory now but you know he, his testimony was that god turned beer into furniture and because priorities change and our lives change when when god turns us around and and just reshapes our focus and reshapes our our um our priorities and so those are things that drive me those precious precious souls seeing them turned around um seeing mm-hmm. those lives changed and and of course that absolute hope we have in in jesus christ and that hope we have in eternity uh, those are things that that drive me and that that opportunity that presents and sometimes it comes up in totally unexpected ways but but god is good in every circumstance, yes. in every situation.
1: Yes. Well, I don't know about the listeners, but I've really enjoyed this conversation. I uh, I really, I want to thank you again for your, your time today and spending it with us. Um, I, I've, I I, just love getting to know you a bit more. We're, we're good friends already, but uh, mm-hmm. it's a blessing to hear a bit more of your story and, and, and what God is doing in Australia. But as we finish up here, if you wouldn't mind sharing a word with the listeners, something that, God has laid on your heart and thank you again for your time today for the butcher
0: thank you bro that's very kind of you and, and and as I mentioned it's it's outside of my comfort zone but it's it's really humbling and and it's been a great opportunity so thank you for your time and and I suppose in, in just to conclude it's some of the things that we've already touched on number one is is this such an opportunity um, so if I were to take two scriptures I suppose you know david in the battle is there not a cause and then in the book of esther for for such a time as this so i think we have an opportunity now that we've never had before this this world is different to what it was a, a generation ago two generations ago there are there are trials and challenges that just weren't a thing uh, when i was a teenager but in so saying, there are also incredible opportunities to share the gospel through mechanisms such as this. And so there's that, there is that cause, and now there is that for such a time as this. And, and if God wanted you to be around when Jesus was around, you would have been. If God wanted you to be around 100 years ago, you would have been. But God has put you here for this moment, for this hour for this generation. And and God doesn't make mistakes. So the fact that you're here now with your talent, your skills, and you you might look around and think, well, I, I don't have any of that. But that's, that's a lie from the enemy of our souls, because God has gifted each and every one of us. And he will bring that out and he will use that for, for his kingdom's sake and for his glory's sake. And, and you get to be a part of that. So so that ought to excite you that that God is for you, God is on your side, and He will lead you to people that only you can touch. So, is there not a cause? Absolutely, the cause has never been greater than it is today and in this hour. And for such a time as this, those those two scriptures could also could almost have been used interchangeably, couldn't it, between Esther and David? But but God has brought us to this hour. God has brought us to this moment. And he's done it deliberately and he doesn't make mistakes. So I'm thankful for this chance. I'm thankful that for his patience with each of us. And I'm thankful that his hand remains upon you and it remains upon us. So I just want to pray as we close that as we consider the opportunity, is there not a cause? Absolutely, there is. And for such a time as this, this is the time that God has ordained for, for you and for me. Let's give him our best whilst there is time. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for Brother Hackathorn and the, the ministry and the efforts and the labours that he puts into these uh podcasts and these promotions and I just pray Lord God that your hand would be upon him and his family continue to bless them as they as they grow and as they minister in their in their region and in their local church but I, I pray also today for the listeners of this uh, podcast and those that might be viewing us as well online I pray Lord Jesus your hand is upon them you are lord of all and you are king of Of kings. And so I pray, Lord, as we bring this time to a close, Lord, just encourage these listeners today, encourage these viewers today to know that you are great and greatly to be praised, and that, Lord, this is the time, this is the hour that you have ordained for them, and you will make a way because you always promise to do that. You're no man's debtor, and you'll always come through. You're a faithful and a loving Savior. And I thank you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our King.